I see everybody on the screens and today is a special day. United number two, we're doing something good tonight. Are you ready, New York? And we're back in the room. <laughs> we're actually together in real life for once. <laughs> Live from New York. It's Thoughts on Art. <laughs> I'm sounding so tinny. Me too. Yeah. What's happening? Is that a problem? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to my settings. Well, hello, everybody. We are uh, finally back after much uh, outcry from our <laughs> four followers. <laughs> uh i guess that's the way to know who truly follows you just uh disappear for like a couple of weeks yeah and then you just really try to monitor like how much stalker activity is uh, coming through um because i don't know our numbers indicate that we have about like 200 like between 200 and 300 downloads per week sorry to have exposed our oh my god i can't believe (laughs) i can't believe you outed us um but we never hear from our fans or our followers yeah just the stalkers and the haters yeah so all of you all of you trolls who lurk in the shadows please come out we would like to hear from you too and not you specifically the person who knows i'm addressing now um uh well it's amazing to be here with you uh i can't believe this is happening i find it very odd actually speaking directly to you and doing this yeah because you're actually really quiet compared to when we do this remotely i'm a soft-spoken zionist oppressor (laughs) (laughs) you know what they say carry a big stick and uh speak softly on the pod yeah you know when we went from um terry gross style to this oh yeah it's a, a big change um well welcome to the uh world famous brooklyn <laughs> uh, how do you like it so far what are your impressions uh pre post covid uh let's see the city is not as packed as usual mm-hmm. i mean it's back to life like you said but we were on Fifth Avenue yesterday. It wasn't like swarms of people. I mean, it was pretty busy. There were just yeah. no Europeans, which, I mean, <laughs> thank God for that for the time being. There were, there were definitely like mid-America tourists, you yes. could tell. It's a lot of corn-fed, like jacked, yeah, jacked adolescents. <laughs> Maybe it's the uh, COVID vaccine. <laughs> Their arms were swole. Uh, I've noticed there's a lot of juicy dads here. Like fathers on steroids. I mean, everyone's juicy here. Yeah. No, there's a lot of juice thing. Yeah, that too. But I mean, it's plump nation. Uh, we try to go to the Starbucks at a Trump Tower. Denied. Not even denied. I guess it's just closed for visitors. Was he in town? I don't know. It's weird. I, yeah. Maybe I wanted to go to that gaudy Starbucks. Yeah. Maybe Melania was in. <laughs> But we walked by the residence entrance. We could have just walked in. Right. <laughs> there was where like did, a. Where did we get iced coffee? Oh, San Ambrose. Oh, yeah. Home of Larry Gagosian. <laughs> <laughs> the house scent was so extreme. I thought I was going to sneeze. Oh, my God. And there was major Euro trash in there. Totally. Like this uh, Pompadour man. <laughs> the who Thai was, King. Yeah, he looked like the Thai King, but he was maybe Spanish or Portuguese. And had a, a giant pompadour, Louis Vuitton loafers with no socks, and a Louis Vuitton shopping bag. And um, he looked like a thirsty gay. I'm looking up age. the Thai king's last name. What is that? I'm not going is that, there. Is that Dutch? <laughs> Maha Vahira Longcorn? Like the rice? Look, um, we're not allowed in Thailand now, now that you've uh, publicly defamed him. so I mean, he's cute, and I think you'll see him at the Eagle tonight if you go. <laughs> I am going to the Eagle, so if this episode goes up by the time uh, I get to the Eagle, please buy me a drink, because uh, the New York prices are egregious for everything. 
<laughs> I mean, count your blessings. You didn't have to take an Uber from anywhere to oh anywhere. So I know. Expensive. Amir picked me up. Amir's so sweet. My pleasure. In your nice ride with a Apple CarPlay and a moonroof. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So Amir picked me up from the airport two days ago. Uh, we went for an immediate lunch mm-hmm. at Dumbo House. Uh, best view in the world. Service was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our iced coffee did not come out for over an hour. And the cookies too. Yeah. No fresh baked cookies. The waitress was super sweet, and she was like, "Oh, don't worry." I'm going to make this right. She lied to us. <laughs> yeah, she didn't make anything right. Um, yeah. an hour, another hour later, still no, no iced coffees. And then we had to flag someone down yeah. to make sure that it didn't go on the bill. Um, what else? Had an amazing Italian dinner with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, had Pinkberry. Had Pinkberry. I had it fully loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, this is turning into one of those podcasts about fashion or art <laughs> um, where two guys just talk about food. So suck it. No fashion uh, <laughs> will be mentioned on this pod. So yeah, the, don't worry. the T word bag will not be mentioned. <laughs> um, what? Else? Yeah. Then we engage in a Brooklyn's favorite pastime, which is to walk home after dark and look into people's apartments oh, in yeah. park slope yeah it's fun to uh look into brownstones and mm-hmm. they're either like really nice or just really plain people yeah. have bad taste uh my other favorite pastime in brooklyn is to do a count of all the peloton bikes i see in the <laughs> bay windows the and... recalled ones that kill toddlers yeah who had that we saw it on open house nyc the guy from queer eye oh i don't know he had, a, he had one of those Peloton Or was that on our favorite show, Million Dollar Listing, and oh, why? Maybe, maybe uh, Steve can come on the pod mm. next time. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the Eagle, I'm really excited to be on the same block as the Eagle today because uh, that Zaha Hadid building is there. <laughs> uh, home of Steve Gold from mm-hmm. Million Dollar Listing New York. And his Ukrainian wife. Polish. Polish. She's, Polish. She's our people. <laughs> um... No, she's clearly Polish. Um, and Ariana Grande lives in that building. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So we should do a, some sort of candlelight vigil outside the building for the two of them. Um, how do you sum up your time in Mexico with uh, maybe an art angle so the oh FCC doesn't shut us down? <laughs> well, I have some notes mm-hmm. I took just so I wouldn't forget my uh, all my reactions and observations. So... This was my first time in New York, New York, Mexico City. Sorry, I'm still jet lagged and have altitude sickness. Also, thank God that you're on my schedule now. Not just the same time zone properly, but also my schedule, uh, a.k.a. wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah, I go to bed cycle. at 10.30. We've, we've synced cycles. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I had never been to Mexico and I was there... Uh, so I could escape uh, for two weeks and not be in Europe. So I could fly into the U.S. Because uh, as I mentioned on a previous episode, I'm uh, here to do a residency at Art Omai, which starts on Friday. Uh, so I took the time in Mexico to make uh, paintings for a new gallery that um, I'm going to start working with. Uh, more to be announced soon. And... Uh, so I got there just over two weeks ago, and um, the food was amazing. Mm. Right, Amir? Sorry, we're those basic food bitches again. And uh, Did you swallow the tap water? I did not. I did not open my mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl I was subletting from, who's from Spain, she's like, yeah, I brush my teeth with the tap water, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's fine. Oh, I just yes, don't same. drink it. But I was extra cautious. Mm-hmm. I used bottled water. Sorry. Um but I still had a stomach bug for a week. I mean, that's uh, my that's my dream scenario for weight loss. I definitely did go down a dress size, so oh, that nice. worked at least. I depuffed. Um, <laughs> no, I met a lot of amazing people. Um, really fun locals, and I met Yenny uh, Mao, who just did a show at Fearman Gallery. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> a tickle in my throat. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
Sorry, I'm getting clamped. I'm yeah, so emotional. Thanks for s- spreading the Mexican variant <laughs> in my house. Um, no, David, David, a friend match made us. And he was such a wonderful friend when I was there for two weeks. Him and mm-hmm. his boyfriend, Bio. Um, we just had so much fun. We did all the activities that are probably annoying for a local. Um, although I was very respectful and didn't make him take me to any... Aztec ruins or anything. <laughs> I mean, wherever I lived in my almost 12 years abroad, I've always loved being a tourist in my yeah. own town. No, same, but I mean, I'm sure in Mexico City, especially the last year, there's just like constant visitors from yeah. New York. I mean, you like... know, I happily will take you to uh, Times Square. Yes. Um, What are some other fun... Uh... Like first first visit to New York sites. You know what? I've never been to the Statue of Liberty, so we can do that one uh, day. Same. It's <laughs> just it's such a schlep. I know. See, I'm not gonna make you do it. I mean, you can see it out the window when you take the exactly. F train. It's it makes enough. that curve towards uh, uh, Carroll Street. <laughs> um, no, so that was really fun. Um, went to the Anthropological Museum. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. The building is a modernist marvel do you have any discussions with the locals about the use of latin x uh? <laughs> the two percent that use it uh-huh. uh no um but some observations uh so i'm not into the tiny light switches um <laughs> honestly i haven't noticed that <laughs> uh vehicles riding around playing recordings need to stop um, but those are those pickup trucks that pick up like used appliances and furniture and stuff like that, which I think I told you we have that in Israel. Yeah. Uh, there's just a, there's a truck that's driven by like local Palestinians who live within the borders and they just, uh, they just drive a really low speed in like the daytime in the suburbs. And there's a, an announcement that says Alte Zachen, mm. which for German Aye. listeners <laughs> means old things. Like um, me, an alte Sachen. Alte Sachen. And alte Sachen is also what we call an old lady or like uh, an old bag <laughs> in Israel. Um, but it's just funny that there's a parallel for that in yeah. Mexico. Like same concept. I wonder yeah. what like where it originated <laughs> in the world. So um, maybe I'll try to edit in a recording of that announcement, yeah. which is never ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as as I said, people were super sweet. Food was amazing. Uh, although I did OD on hominy-based foods. Uh, it sounds like you're reading a direct reading a directive from the like the, the CDC. <laughs> uh, so I had some fun uh, American foods while I was there. Oh yeah, uh, went to Little Caesars twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panda Express, Shake Shack a few times. <laughs> I was there for two weeks and I was mostly eating out. Um, I will say Mexico does not excel at pizza. No, but that's why Little Caesars was fucking amazing. Right. Um, yeah, on my last day there, I was just had was not in the mood to explore anymore, so I just got an Uber Eats of some like Italian pizza that seemed half decent. Mm-hmm. Let's just say yeah. none of them has ever been to Italy. Uh, had amazing mango, mm-hmm. like the best mango of my life. Uh, I'm also now a Mezcal stan, mm-hmm. um, as we both are now. Mm-hmm. Love the smokiness. Uh, and Have you had crickets? No. Well, you got to go back. Next time. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, I was very shocked by the weather. Mm-hmm. It's very mild at uh, this time of year. Yeah. You see any good art? Yes, I went to this art fair. The last day. So I was... Wait, del- two weeks, no good art. Last day, good <laughs> art. No, because I didn't really have time because the first week I was making these paintings. And then that kind of just required that I was at home most of the day. Like I would go out and do things in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then it took a week to finish the work. And then there were just things like I went to this really fun party with uh, Yanni and Bio. Yeah. So we had to like go get some looks and... Mm-hmm. All that. And then, yeah, I just, I didn't make it to any of the commercial galleries or anything. Uh, oh, you know what? I went to uh, to the Humex Museum mm-hmm. and actually saw a lot of great things there. It's like two full floors and then this kind of partial floor. 
You want to tell our uh, listeners what the Humex Museum is? Yes. Um, so Humex is Mexico's largest juice brand. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, like an uh, <laughs> omnipresent brand in Mexico. And the museum is like the their largest private collection. It's yes, like, uh, and it's, it's a, like the Getty or something. Yeah, it's it's a Sir David uh, Chipperfield building. Um, yeah, and uh, I love that you sirred him. That's so proper of you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't want uh, to be banned from the UK now that it's out of the EU. Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, Humex is a, a company started by Eugenio Lopez Alonso, uh, a major art collector. So. It's like the private holdings, uh, but it was actually really great. Like it was a group show. It was a lot of younger Mexican artists in the show. Uh, also like large names you've heard of, mm -hmm. but works you haven't seen before by them. So there was nothing like obvious and tacky there. Right. Considering it's like, you know, this very prominent, like multi, multi-billionaires collection. Yeah. Uh, they have done those shows, of course, there. Like, they've had a Coons show and things like that. But I mean, I often find when you go to museums or these big private collections outside of the U.S. or Europe, uh, like the main hubs, you tend to find, like, lesser works by the big names because, yeah. obviously, the if the museum is state-funded, they don't necessarily have the funds for it. Yeah. So, you usually get, like... Yeah. Well, here they definitely do have the uh -huh. funds. <laughs> Uh, just like the museum alone, you walk in and it's like such a nice building. Like right. it's, but um, but sometimes they run out of money after putting all of it no, into no, the sure. uh, into the building. Yeah. But these like the works by the big artists more were like they were kind of existed in Mexican context. So it was like mm -hmm. like an artist who had come to Mexico and done the show and the work referenced like right. Mexico or you know some tangent like, related what, to it. What artists do they uh, feature in their collection? Their permanent collection? Uh, like there was like. Uh, like in this group show, I mean, I guess it's all permanent collection because like the collection, right. but but like there was Francis Ali's, um, like Gabriel Curry, yeah, uh, yeah, else? I see they have all the big names, Donald Judd, yeah, um, Duchamp. So yeah, it was like the building is great, and then next door there's that iconic Sumaya Museum, which is Carlos Slim's private museum. The building's amazing. A Facebook friend of mine referred to it as tacky i don't think it's tacky i think it's like a why would it be tacky i don't know just because it's like over the top but like i mean the i like the chipperfield building but mm -hmm. it's it's a very plain like neo-modernist building it's just right you know i enjoy the form of it and the volume and the materiality but mm -hmm. the sumaya museum looks like a what else do a we 3d do? model this architect Chipperfield? Romero? Oh, Romero, like the Sumaya Museum? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the architect. Doesn't, didn't he do something in LA? Isn't the uh, the Disney Hall or whatever that's called by him too? No, that's... It um, looks like fish Frank scales, Gary. basically, or like a, like an armor. Uh, no, that's Frank Gehry. But um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find some Google images of yeah. Romero, but... Well, I had to uh, prep and pack up work, pack up work for a show uh, this week, which was mm -hmm. terrible. I mean, you and I agree on the fact that it's our most hated activity. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to be our uh, intern, I mean, it's hard for me because I'm so hands on, and at the same time, I really hate doing it. So, like, I don't know what a good middle ground is for like wanting to like micromanage it and let someone else do it so maybe our listeners could uh, chime in with yes. some suggestions but definitely my most hated task yeah um, yeah what else maybe now that you're in town we can go to the van gogh experience yes. following suit after madonna took her kids her adopted <laughs> children to see the show we can um, also go to the Museum of Illusions oh, that she yeah. went to. And I told you, I find it so surprising that she wouldn't take them on like a Art 101 at the, whatever, Met, Cloisters, Frick. My ex-boyfriend, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My old pal, Andy Warhol. <laughs> uh, Keith Haring. Um well, uh, yesterday, as we were going to the Met Museum for Pshemek's uh, 
very first visit to Papa's Cherry. Cherry. Um, we stopped at 101 63rd Street. Oh my God. <laughs> um, for uh, On our nostalgia journey. But actually the building was completely covered in scaffolding. Yeah. I mean, it was still amazing to see the volume. Like it's smaller than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, that's Halston's house, by the way, for those of you yeah. who don't know, uh, which we talked about in a recent episode. Um, it's so funny cause it's like 63rd and park, uh, which not to be confused with the BET version of TRL, <laughs> <laughs> which I believe was 105 in park. Um, anyway, it's like park Avenue is such a odd street as we discussed yesterday. It's like where the creme de la creme want to live yeah. in their... Uh... Or as we call it, the creme de la schmatte. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually not a nice avenue. It's... I I just suspect it's gorgeous on the inside. Yeah, exactly. It's obviously gorgeous on the inside, but... Yeah. It's just like a desert of amenities, essentially. Yeah. It's... I'm assuming because all the apartments contain all the amenities that yeah. you need. <laughs> and you have staff that does to all do the uh, procurements for you. Um, I guess you could walk one long block and you get to amenities, but still, it just visually something about it is unsettling. Right. It's definitely a standalone avenue. Um, and also the fact that like Lexington Avenue is like one over and mm-hmm. it's so like dodgy in certain stretches. Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know. I guess people just live there because of the, how close it is to all the hospitals. Cause <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, uh, opulent dinosaurs walking around. Yeah. <laughs> like totally. we saw. I mean, just imagine having a stroke and just being like carted over like to half Hill. a block over. <laughs> um, For the most expensive COVID test in the city. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we went to see 101 63rd Street and uh, got a iced coffee at St. Ambrose on the way. Yeah. Uh, showed up at the Met and saw there was like a 300 person line, even though everything's like time <laughs> reservations now. Um, it was a Six Flags line. It was out of control. Totally. Um, but I wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. So Same. I know there's a <laughs> I know there's a side back. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Always look for the side entrance. Yep. The 81st Street entrance, which is actually just mere meters away from the main entrance. Yeah, and I'm sure the people who work inside <laughs> don't even realize that like there's such mayhem going into the main entrance. They're like, why won't you just come here? It's a perfectly decent, like, fast-moving line in this entrance. It was the perfect uh, scam that was not actually a scam. Like, I can't believe we mediated that situation oh, so totally. well. Um, one thing we did not see was Jerry Salta's plaque on a fountain uh, in the front. I guess somebody removed it. Um, we should put up a new one. Yeah, we should. In, in commemoration of the world's worst writer. Yeah. Um, How did you like the Carol Bove? commission on the um, facade. she has better work mm-hmm. like those curvy works she's known for i prefer uh and what's that show up right now where there's those kind of like rusty color pieces and the beams you know there's the crumpled columns with kind of looks Where? like a beam one of the new york galleries has it huh. we'll we'll look that up yeah um i mean i think she has a show up at Swerner now? Which yes, I it's s- that show. Exactly. And right. those works I really like. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not just... I'm not into the dull gray of the works installed in front of the Met. Yeah, and they just don't stick out. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, it, like, uh, imagine you get a commission to do a facade at the Met. Like, do yeah. you really want to just, like, disappear into the building? Yeah. And then I'm not into the discs. I just found the finishing of the discs not here nor there like mm-hmm. there was this odd texture you get when metal hasn't been like properly right finished just, or polished they look too sleek yeah but not sleek enough like if they right. were like perfectly mirror chromed or something yeah there are no jeff coon's uh yeah. surface yeah what i like about her work as uh in your work is sort of the there's just like rawness to the surfaces, mm-hmm. but in her case, and also in your case, obviously, I mean, a lot of work goes into uh, into the welding process. I mean, and, hers, a lot goes into the welding. Like mine, I would say, is more common kind of metal craft, like mm-hmm. 
just the kind of things, you know, any normal metal shop that knows what they're doing would do. Right. But like, how does she even bend fucking steel? Like you have like a a giant cauldron. No, I think there's just, uh, they're like box beams basically. And they're being crushed probably by hydraulic equipment. I'm assuming. Or maybe fingers were lost in the process. You think I would be so there's. I would be so scared to work for her. And I know two people who one has worked for her and others still works for her. I love this photo, though. Head to head with sculptor Carl. Uh, Carl, Carl Bove, <laughs> German God, artist. Carol Bove. <laughs> I mean, it's the same name in Polish and German. Um, Carol Bove in her Brooklyn studio. I'm like, that is not someone's studio. That is a metal shop. Um, can you send me the link? Yeah. But yeah, so you can see kind of the distortion of the steel. There might be. Yeah, just like a normal hydraulic press behind her in that photo. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also imagine kind of like a Jaws of Life kind of That's so caliper scary. machine. So I'm scary. like, I should get those. Okay, I'm going to be the poor man's uh, Carol Bowie. But like what, does she solder <laughs> the pieces together? or Because there's visible yeah. well, lines. I think it's like this beam is made that's hollow, mm-hmm. like a box, and then it's getting crushed. Right. Uh, and I, then you could see on the works at the Met that kind of where the ribbon folds together, mm-hmm. the seam is welded right? just to give it stability. Yeah. I mean, I love that aesthetic. <sighs> yeah, For me, those no discs same. are unnecessary in terms of the juxtaposition she was probably gunning yeah. for. Uh, like smooth and rough or yeah. like um, whatever. But other I, I like the cylinders she has. Like in this photo I sent you, like her studio view, quote unquote. Right. Where it's like a, you know, this fractured form is precariously resting on the cylinder. I like that tension. Mm -hmm. But the discs felt like they weren't doing anything. They were just like there leaning. Maybe their placement was just not convincing. Yeah. Maybe in a different setting it would be. Um, I got to say, it's just, uh, it's kinky and dark, but I'm just into it for the like 9-11 aesthetics. (laughs) Yeah, Basically, I mean, because it looks like crushed beams. I know. And that's the thing. And I mean, I do like this kind of like metal detritus art. Like, I mean, that's kind of what I do, what I do partly. Um, but like, I remember you once told the story of a collector that had either purchased work or like saw it for the first time and yeah. was complaining that it wasn't sort of sleek and smoothed out enough. Whereas the whole print, the whole yeah. point of your work is and that also, it's... Yeah, some people I've worked with too early on had yeah. that issue. Can you talk about it a little bit? Because I mean, like, what I love about your work yeah. is the fact that it it seems like it was almost taken out of the sort of exactly. the playground. No, no, exactly. No, and that's my thing. And I'm... Not, because I'm not the person who's like trying to make like a perfect surface or something that looks highly engineered like a Jeff Koons or, you know, super, super... <clears throat> commercial because it's like that's just not me like nothing about my life is that person you know but i mean if anything you you wouldn't even want to erase sort of the character of the work uh that seems like again it was plucked out of the playground yeah or well because i've been doing furniture some furniture projects and that's actually that was the biggest thing where they were really complaining about like the surface and the finish. And I'm like, right. I'm like, I'm not a furniture designer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm an artist who's doing like some furniture works or projects. And yeah. it's like, if you want the high sheen meticulous surface, it's like, right. Go to a furniture showroom. Like that's not me. And I'm not interested in that. And that right. actually has nothing to do with my work. Right. And I think that's the difference between someone who's like, into art and gets it and right. someone that's not because they can't make that connection. Right. And if anything, I think, uh, the proper use of the term, the work is about the art, the, the work is about the body is when you see that the body was sort of in communication with the sort of the tactical elements of yeah. the surface. Um, trying to organize that thought to make sense of it. But like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like having the hand present, yeah, exactly. Should be evident in the work. I think no matter what it is, it shouldn't yeah. look like a machine spit it out. Yeah. Um, because like certain surfaces of mine are scratched just by way of the like the more aggressive application of the the paint because I use my fingers to paint, yeah. and so like I never sort of uh, I never strive for like 
you know, a perfectly sort of smooth or clean surface. Like I'm no uh, Julie Maritou mm-hmm. with her like super smooth, almost like air sprayed surfaces. Um, okay, so that's uh, that was outside. That was a facade of the Met, and then mm-hmm. we went inside. What was your first impression of the world famous Metropolitan Museum? <laughs> um, so we didn't notice any of the scenes from uh, Ocean's 8 mm-hmm. until we left and you pointed out the staircase, yeah. which is the grand staircase uh, where the Met Gala happens. And also where, where Madge uh, inaugurated her new face oh my like God. four years ago? When she was the Girl Scout or when she was the punk? No, when she of... did the whole Cloisters shtick oh, thing like leading up to yes, the Madame X. The religious so. show. Yeah. Yes, and she had that look. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when the face like just tipped over completely. Yeah, but her face is looking amazing this year. Yeah, I really hope we have a dime square run in since mm-hmm. uh, we know Lola's hanging out there. Um, okay, so we let's see what did we see first? We saw there was a lot of kind of like early twentieth century things we saw. Well, I took you in through the. Uh... Through the oceanic people galleries, oh, yeah. Yeah. we went up to straight up to the uh, epic abstraction. Oh, love. exhibition! Yes, did epic. a little uh, uh, CIA one hundred and one. The Helen Frankenthaler, which mm-hmm. I post on Instagram stories, Amir had his matching Zabar's bag. Mm-hmm. Felt very set designed. That. The ribbon of orange on the painting with the ribbon of orange on Amir's wrist. Uh-huh. Uh, but I actually really loved that show. It was really inspiring. Um, there's a lot of shade being thrown at a large paintings. And <laughs> just generally in the world, people have... Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of artists try to be overly humble. And right. it's like, oh, it's so macho and masculine and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And like... Yeah, but it also looks amazing, and that's not an element you can discount. Right. And not everything's better just because it's big, but just like, you know, form, texture, etc., scale also can be an important element in work. So whether that's small and intimate or yeah. monumental. And I mean, especially in that era, I guess it was much easier to occupy larger spaces where you could make these large-scale paintings yeah, exactly. in, on the East Coast. Nowadays, when you see a huge painting, it just begs the question of how much money is sort of <laughs> exactly. behind, behind the operation. Well, God, even the materials, like... Right. Especially in New York, like, a painting like that is like, well, we need an aluminum stretcher. And it's like, that aluminum stretcher in New York is... Right. What, two grand? <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, kudos to Helen Frankenthaler original girl boss totally CEO of uh, her studio <laughs> um yeah i guess the other masters uh, the contemporary masters you've seen already the pollux and the, yeah. uh and the what's her face the kleins and the uh, yeah but like i think that was my favorite and the de kooning yeah the de kooning i just really like the color palette i like the texture Love the brushwork. Yeah. Um, and the Franz Klein was really nice. This, Franz Klein's yeah, amazing. This black and white Franz Klein yeah. was really great. Uh, and Cy Twombly, which I'm just sorry there's not much more of him in every single museum. Mm-hmm. That's a really America. nice yeah. Twombly as well. Uh, what museum did we go to in Rome where we saw some really nice Twomblies? Mm. It had that uh, lion installation, the like the sleeping lions installations on the stereo case oh yeah yeah like it was like the museum of modern art basically yeah like the roman one whatever the title is but um yeah that was great yeah i mean for every like 10th lesser picasso that i see at moma or at the met i just am like uh yearning for more twomblies and collections and uh love the twomblies at hamburger banhof in berlin Mm mm-hmm uh let's see what else yeah and then clifford still was in the show and i just those get more and more uninteresting for me as time goes on yeah i agree like they just feel very flat and yeah i used to like them when i first moved here not just for the you know the sheer scale of them but they just really on a silly level reminded me of like 
the tree bark that I would see exactly. in Riverside Park, yeah. and that would like tickle me in a like romantic way. But the one kinda, that kind of looks like camouflage, like those trees yeah, you see in Berlin, kind of grew out of favor with yeah. me. Uh, so then we also saw the new ceramics show that opened up, which is oh, yeah. uh, the collection of some dude. Behind the baton to you, because that's <laughs> really not my cup of tea. Exactly, I want to talk about that. You <laughs> seem very uninterested by the ceramics show. I don't know why, but it's just, when something bores me, it's just, I don't even try <laughs> to understand why it yeah. bores me. But I felt bad. I kept dragging down uh, you in the ceramics wing. Well, let's <laughs> like, here, wait, I'll, wait, wait, Amir. <laughs> I'll make the passive case against it, and you'll make the uh, active case for it. Yeah. Um, it's clear to me that a lot of sort of skill and technical work mm-hmm. went into making them. It is not evident to me <laughs> in, the, uh, in the final product. They look goopy. Yeah. They're definitely, there's definitely way goopier and way yeah. less skilled ceramics out there. Right. Like uh, Sterling Ruby ceramics, which right. like still not that they're unskilled. I think no matter what the... Even the most basic thing with the ceramic is not that easy because, like, things blow up in the kiln. And, right. like, I was telling you earlier, like, the glazes are difficult to control because you're using something, like, that's very liquid that you don't even see what it looks like until the burning happens. Mm-hmm. So it just looks like gray water and you're just, like, dabbing right. it with a brush. And so it's, like, difficult to control, difficult to know what happens. Also, it like runs as it melts, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but do you find it interesting on a formal level or an aesthetic, uh, conceptual? I think what I like about ceramics that most of them are in some way functional. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them exist as kind of like sculpture that you can live with. Right. Um, because, I mean, you can make large ceramics, but it mm-hmm. is very difficult and limiting because most kilns are quite small. Um, so most ceramics you encounter are like kind of domestic scale. And I think that's what I like in terms of like someone that works with sculpture. Is there any conceptual appeal in it to you? Uh, Cause we were talking about it yesterday where our, our listeners are welcome to chime in with thoughts, but ceramics is either basically about the body as in the vessel, which they are, or about the sort of connection to the materiality, yeah. um, like I've experimented with ceramics, like I've done a few workshops and I did the ceramics retreat in the fall. So I enjoy the process of making it just because it is so tactile. And I guess, you know, dating back to the origins of humankind. Right. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's, I'm just drawn to just that this handmade thing can be so bright and fun and... It's something that like we could be sitting here and just making it. And then, of course, later we would have to take it somewhere to, you know, go in the kiln. I just want to stick some dried flowers in it. Yeah, I mean, but that's what I like about it. And like the other things I was drawn to in the museum, uh, I kept stopping you, were like all those early 20th century design pieces. Yeah, well, those are very impressive. And it's kind of the same thing where I think it was just like a sculpture that was, you know, very like... You know, have the same aesthetics as the Chrysler building. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, whatever. Like, interesting yeah. for the time. But I guess when it's... I mean, I do enjoy that nostalgia for a time where form was clearly more important than function. Yeah. And, like, seeing those standalone items that... Trying to imagine them in a greater context of an apartment. You yeah, can only exactly. imagine how uncomfortable the couch would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the The table setting, whatever. Just a, yeah. a life of sacrifice for yeah. the sake of form. But... I think especially these kind of, you know, like Art Nouveau, Art Deco kind Mm -hmm. of era pieces. What's exciting is that it was such a radical, quick transformation from things being so fussy and stuffy and neoclassical. Right. And to see those objects and also see like the kind of objects we have nowadays, even if they are like designer kind of objects, I'm just really drawn, you know, to those aesthetics and lines. So I think it's the same thing that it's like these functional objects have kind of such a skewed aesthetic. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is with ceramics that, that even if it's like, you know, this very unfunctional thing an artist has made in the end, it mostly is a vessel and you could put a flowers in it Mm -hmm. and I would like to live with it. So same, I guess it all boils down to 
whether you'd like to live with it yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, what else did we see? Oh, and then we descended the uh, the staircase and went down to the contemporary gallery. Oh. <laughs> where I honestly didn't do my research because it seems like some of the pieces were on loan maybe from another museum because I didn't quite realize that the Met had purchased some of the more recent works into their collection. I, it seemed like they were mostly gifted because it was the 150th Oh. Anniversary of the Met. Okay. Um, so yeah, a lot of them had tags like "gift of so and so." Oh, I see. Um, um, what I, are some standouts for you? Uh, I like the Stanley Whitney, but I mean, you've What's seen one. Not ones. to like. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> nice, and but it's like you've seen one, you've seen many. Yeah. But again, They've, I would love to have it in my home. Yeah. And, they're fun. They photograph well. They look great IRL. Yeah, exactly. I love the colors together. Mm-hmm. Actually, I saw a really great one at that small art fair in Mexico City uh, at the Gallery Nordenhaka booth. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a work on paper. So it was very like watercolor, washy, nice melding of colors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this one at the Met was great. Uh, I saw an Avery Singer for the first time, I think. Like, you've never seen it in Berlin? No. At, uh, what's her name? At Krapatuskani Zeidler. Yeah. You know what? I probably saw it. It's like a law firm. I never go to that gallery. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No comment. Um, but I think I saw them at a fair, probably. Like, I must have, like, at right. our, you know what? At the, Hauser and Wirth mm-hmm. booth at our Basel, Miami. I saw it. Okay, oh, so I saw it there. By the way, even that huge Sam Gilliam in the Epic yeah. Abstraction exhibition is uh, is a gift. It's on loan. Ah, okay. That yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was my first time seeing an Avery Singer. It was nice, but I mean, I don't think they're worth a million dollars. But I mean, that's... What is worth a million dollars? Uh, things by dead artists, but I don't think anyone our age or our generation should have million dollar works. I just mm-hmm. think that's a complete market fabrication and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's like the tulip thing. <laughs> what is the name of the German artist uh, that had a small piece that you said they have better works on a larger scale? Oh, Toma Abts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a... It was an interesting palette. It was like a very 70s, like fashion print kind of palette, you know, mm-hmm. like brown and tan, orange, yellow, like those colors. Wait, but what's his name? Toma. It's not coming up on uh, Google. Are you sure? T-O-M. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess he shows with Zwerner. Let's see. Let's see. But uh, if uh, a she... Sorry to assume. Um, no, but like you can see there's a kind of like shadow. These things kind of exist more in three-dimensional space than the mm-hmm. other works. Whereas the one at a, at the Met was really flat. I think it was in a Hammer Museum show, according right. to Google results. New York Times story. But yeah, I mean... I like her work, but that was not one of my favorites. Uh, there was a nice Adrian Genny, this like alpine scene. I, he just has such an eye for color. I often disagree no, yeah. with the figurative choices, but same as with Cecily Brown, Ce- Cecily or Cecile Brown, Cecily, Cecily Brown's work. I try to sort of blur out the figurative moment in her work and just enjoy it for the pure sort of ab- abstract formal. Yeah. Um, level of it, and it's the same case with Adrian's work. Yeah. Um, no, he's a a masterful painter. Yeah. Um, I just really don't like those like seemingly collaged faces yeah. that are very skillfully painted, but it just looks like paper cutouts. Yeah. Like newspaper cutouts. He's also really hot. <laughs> oh, I have to look him up. We've met many times. He he shows with the dealer I work with, and. Yeah, he's really hot. <laughs> I mean, that Trump painting where the head looks like like a collage of viscera, basically. Yeah. It's so well made, but like... 
But like, Why? who wants a Trump painting? Like, yeah. just stop. I mean, every single artist who's made a Trump work in the past six years, shame on you. Yeah, okay? you should go on a hiatus uh, yeah. to atone for your sins. Um, what else was in there? Uh, and then there were just like the Shara Hughes painting, which was a touch eyebrow raising to me because yeah it it felt a bit why? untitled art fair yeah um you said untitled yeah. <laughs> i was thinking more of pulse oh my god is it pulse what's the other one i don't like <laughs> i don't know so basil not a untitled pulse, pulse i think yeah no it'd be like a pulse or a scope scope yeah, yeah yeah um like the mouthwash um sorry we just gave you a breakdown of the hierarchy yeah. of the miami art fair yeah we're really into hierarchies now that yeah. we're both in new york yeah. um so what else then there was just some bad like figurative painting that we will not uh <laughs> get into the specifics of in the same gallery yeah in that acquisition show right it's just like, I don't care about like you painting your friends and family. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely not. No, you can name names. I mean, it's fine to have an opinion about Jordan uh. Castile's work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it. Sorry for putting the blame on you. You said it looks like every, every... BFA's yes. end of year exhibition. Exactly. This sort of, this like intimate, candid moment of. Yeah, it's like. Uh, the it, artist's family. It's like somebody forgot that people made work about their friends and family and it's i don't even blame the artist i blame like the system around it where it's like this is revolutionary like well, it's not just important figures and rich people being yeah. painted i mean first of all collective amnesia second of all a heightened sense of individualism that causes you to completely disregard anything that came before you uh and this i'm sorry f sort of false notion that your ilk has not been represented thus far and so you're breaking ground yeah in this intimate style of portraiture and they're just not nicely painted i just did not enjoy the style like that's what i mean by it looks like i mean they're BFA. skilled they're clearly no they're skilled. skilled of course most people can't paint that way but yeah i think i mean i sure as hell can't yeah but i mean when you see it up close like i think when you see it on a screen it's like Oh, they photograph very they well. They photograph very well, but then in person, that's what I mean. It looks like BFA end of year exhibition. Yeah. And, and not for the skill level, but for the sort of maturity of thought. Yeah. Whereas there's a Carrie James Marshall placed across. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is a beautiful painting. Right. And this just has more of an emotional resonance than yeah. uh, the market elevating someone, a young artist, to the point Basically, I don't think anyone should have been in that room that was, like, under the age of 50. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> That's my issue. And it's, I think their golden ticket to that exhibition was golden. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it's, like, if, you know, it's, like, of course, especially a museum like the Met should have more voices, should be diversified. Um, so diversify it and not just have rich artists. It's, like... Right. Avery Singer and Jordan Castile. Is there no one else making interesting work uh, that's underrepresented? Right. Like they're only worthy of being in the museum if they're millionaire artists. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, the work is quality and that's why it's in the museum. It's like, right. no, it's like rich people are interested in it and it's in the museum. And this is like the story as old as time with museums. Like, obviously that's why they're problematic but like i mean having said that i'm not sure i'm willing to die on the hill of this argument that no one under the age of x or y should reach that level of uh, prominence or wealth or whatever i just saw this article this listicle in artnet news the other week our paywalled bible <laughs> listing like uh you know eight under 28 mm -hmm. uh artists who died uh died at 28 with Actually, I didn't even recognize most of them, but uh, Sheila was one of them. Wait, you're making too much noise. <laughs> really? That's the dog. <laughs> um, wait, if you eat something now, you're going to 
it's you're gonna sound like <gasps> those people no it's not even the eating during the recording it's the smacking of the lips oh, afterwards no. um I'll, I'll make you a bagel after we okay thanks um yeah anyway egon sheila died i guess at 28 or something like that and can you think of any more of an emo artist than even <laughs> Sheila? <laughs> I mean, some like, you know, artistic tendencies. Well, I know. And musicians, the, the uh, under 27 club. But yeah. What was that tweet you uh, reshared the other day? Where's the like uh, worst performing over 40 artists list? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't see that. What? You, no, you mine were... was like, where's the, where's the like the 40 under 40 for like not rich ki- or people with right, rich right. parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But okay. Like when did Eon Shield that? Okay. 1918. But it's like, that was something groundbreaking for its time. It's like, any... right. what's groundbreaking about any of the 30 something year olds or 20 something year olds on these lists or. Or in this wing of the Met. This is, we live in the era of gaslighting because we've been, we've been told, we're told to like see something and something that's not there. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the text can't get it right. As I complained, it said the Avery Singer work is made with open source software SketchUp. Right. Which I'm just like, I feel like someone is writing that to make it sound like more impressive or important than it is. Like she's like hacking software to like make these paintings. Right. Well, you got to have some hook for the, uh, for the spectator yeah. to sort of latch on to. Um, well, had I taken you to the Alice Neal show upstairs, which you kindly uh, refused to go to. Uh, oh, no, I was into it, but uh, it's just, uh, it was like a line to get in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you would have read the wall text and, like a basic knowledge of her work would have just not sort of had not been commensurate with what they write about her in the show. They yeah. like make her into this like like communist champion or like a, a human rights sort of uh, avant garde artist. Which like first of all, you take one look at the work and it's not there. Second of all, you read yeah. her own words about her own work and it's not there. Um, but it's just so clear that these the curators of these large museums are so hand tied to sort yeah. of milk a sort of social justice moment out of every single opportunity mm-hmm. just contorted to the times yeah um okay then we we finished a little tour in the contemporary gallery and where do we go from there i think i took you to the uh period rooms oh the period rooms uh-huh. which um what were some of our observations Life quality observations. Life quality for the royals and elites. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful and opulent. Um, Must have been really dusty. Dusty, stinky. It's crazy. Stuffy. Yeah, it's crazy that like humans could accomplish this level of craft and opulence, Mm -hmm. but could not like divert. Um, poop away from where they lived right. without throwing it out a window. I mean, once again, it was form over function. I feel like yeah. that, that's that been a feature that dominated society for yeah. up until like, I don't know, 70 years ago. Yeah. Uh, those fucking high beds. Oh my God. It was like up to my chin, the bed. Yeah. With a little, a tiny step stool <laughs> for like four, four, four feet five Queen Victoria. Oh my God probably just sweating like you said like 30 years of sweat in that mattress yeah i mean who cleaned her under boob (laughs) section (laughs) um uh oh then we tried to go into the frank lloyd wright room which is not even like close for renovation or anything Yeah, it was just closed but you can still walk around it and and look yeah beautiful i would that's a home like that's also a form over function sort of but like i would live there yeah but it just feels like it feels very like uh, Japanese. Oh, totally. Uh, just calm, almost a Muji vibe. <laughs> Was he a disciple of like some Zen architecture or something? I don't know, but I'm sure there was some sort of like Orientalism. I mean, I, right. I was definitely a Frank Lloyd Wright stan back in the day. I still love his work. I mean. What's not to love? Yeah, I would love to live in a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But it's so sad we didn't get to go in that room, but at least we saw it. Um, oh, and then that portraiture, that kind of like mm-hmm. founding of America portraiture. Oh, yeah. I took you. Uh, you stood at the feet of uh, Washington <laughs> crossing the Delaware River, <laughs> which uh, when COVID was sort of dying down and they reopened started reopening museums here, I had the immense pleasure of just touring the empty galleries and seeing it for all its glory. <laughs> And let me look it up because I'm pretty sure the artist was German. Yeah, I think he was. Um, let's see. There were like lots of handsome women mm-hmm. in the portraits. A lot of disproportionately big heads on bodies. Like artists as <laughs> skilled as they were back then had a proportion <sighs> yeah. issue. It's crazy. Yeah, because they're so perfectly rendered. And then some of the paintings look like an old woman on a baby's body. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they, had, maybe they had like <laughs> blinding gout or something. I feel like did they didn't they have devices like mirror things so they can like some uh, maybe there's obscura. like a, maybe there's a video out there on the Met website that explains how they uh, how <laughs> why they're, they're skewed like they went into Photoshop and used a skew tool. <laughs> yeah, an open source uh, a skew tool. Um, um, they used GIMP. <laughs> they didn't use Photoshop. <laughs> Um, yeah, the artist was in fact German, mm. uh, Emanuel Leutze, uh, and the painting was originally bought for the enormous sum of ten thousand dollars, and that's eighteen fifty one. Um, in that money back then, yeah, that's insane. That is insane. <laughs> like, what is that now? Millions upon millions. Let's see, ten thousand USD in eighteen fifty one. That's worth. Um, because things cost a penny even like early 20th century. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to find the right calculator online. Uh, inflation calculator. <laughs> it says uh, for 1851, there was a minus 1.28% inflation rate. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. Um, oh, I guess it says that uh, $10,000 in 1800s is equivalent to a purchasing power of about um, like a quarter million today. Yeah. I mean, that's an expensive painting. Yeah. One thing you didn't get to see is the contemporary take on this painting that was previously oh, hanging in the lobby. Yes, the, the Kent Monkman piece. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, former Winnipeg artist. What's the guy? What's the artist's name? Kent Monkman. Kent how do you like that painting? I'm sure you've seen it online. Uh, well, I can't judge because I didn't see like the full thing on the full scale. What is Cree? It says that Ken oh, Monkman is a Cree. Cree artist. is a First Nation. So I that's see. like the area kind right. of like around Winnipeg, like Cree and Ojibwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it extends down into oh, the cute. U.S. Obviously, No, he's very cute. He's super nice. Uh, we're friendly. He's great. Elton John's a big supporter of his oh, good. for years and years. Um. Yeah, he's like a prominent Canadian artist who is now getting more recognition. Mm-hmm. But he also does performance and video work. He does this drag persona, which he paints into the paintings. They're like a, a touch too cartoonish for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's... He's been making them so long, and I think it really came out of this time right. of like the 90s. And so it's this, you know big ongoing body of work Mm -hmm. and i think that's that kind of had more space than this very kind of postmodernist right portraiture it does feel very postmodernist also flat somewhat i'm looking at some other paintings of his yeah um so we got to see the period rooms one room i didn't get to show you was the uh the belle epoque oh yeah it's like off the beaten path at the met um yeah we did miss the Alice Neal show. What else did we not see? There's just so much to see. There's some, I mean, Egyptology. Oh, yeah. We didn't go to the... We didn't see most of the Greco-Roman stuff. I mean, when you walk in, you see things, but um, didn't do that. We... Let's see. There was the Native American art section. We just, like, walked through, but mm-hmm. we were on our way to something else. But like I didn't even take it to the uh, the Temple of Dander in the Sackler mm. Wing, where Ooh. <laughs> where many of the top of the crop of uh, New York elites have wedded and had other life events. Well, I was boycotting that wing, so 
Oh, we also went to St. Patrick's Cathedral on the oh, way. Right. That was on the way there. Yeah, that was fun. That's where um, Mariah Carey married Tommy Mottola. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what's the what's this patron saint of Chestakova? Oh, connection? it just said like uh, there was a collection box for like the patron saint of Chestakova, <laughs> which is where my grandmother was from. I guess she was deported from there to the <laughs> labor camps. Um. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because, like, that church is so fucking, like, Kennedy. Wait, is it Catholic yeah. or is it Protestant? Catholic. It's Catholic. Yeah. And the Kennedys were ca- Catholic, Catholic right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. as we walked up to the uh, to the church, like, a uh, parade of highly inbred <laughs> elites. <laughs> totally. See-through uh, skin. Yeah. No upper lip. Like, perfect Ted Kennedy specimen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ready for a cotillion. Yeah. Yeah, they were really tacky. Um, oh, they had digital tip jars. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, tithe $10 or $25 by dipping your card. I should have that in my <laughs> studio for studio visits. You should, actually. If you like the art. <laughs> <laughs> like what you see. Wait, we should start that. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Um, that'd be a fun project. Um... No really good food options around there. Everything's expensive. Yeah, no, no good food options. But then I got a Kanish at uh, Yona Schimmel's, mm-hmm. an unfortunate name. <laughs> Which is uh, mold in German. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a nice surprise at Yona Schimmel's where I had a potato Kanish. <laughs> yeah. And maybe if he listens to us, he will come out of the woods and... Uh... <laughs> verify this factoid that in fact joe Sheftel used to work there (laughs) (laughs) i hope i didn't disclose uh, sensitive information right now well i would um i would trade sex for (laughs) knishas if he was still working there so oh my god um yeah what what's on our plate for the rest of your visit what's coming up for us (sighs) well are there any museums you want to visit that you haven't gone to like uh, lately? We're going to check out our friend Emma's show at Tennis Elbow. Oh, yes. Emma I can't Coleman. wait to see that. Uh, I want to take you to the Pedro Reyes show at Listen. Oh, yeah. We should see that. Hopefully it hasn't come down yet because a friend of the pod, Calder, invited me yesterday to see uh, Hugh, I forget his last name, a talented sculptor's work. Uh, he's got an exhibition opening there in a couple of weeks. Well, ask me to tag along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I kind of want to take you to the Louise Bourgeois show at the Jewish Museum. Oh, yeah, let's do that. And I've never been to the Jewish Museum. I'll introduce you to all my best friends from the security Mm. staff. And also Calder works there. Oh, nice. Um, I love Any crunchy curls there? Only on the visitors. (laughs) and uh, A lot of crunchy curls, just like the poodle curls. The Margaret Atwood. uh... Oh, totally. Rhea Perlman. (laughs) You know... (laughs) Uh, that's a look you just do not have in Germany, right? No, but I have a Polish neighbor that looks like Rio Perlman. Really? Yeah, she's like a one-to-one. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> oh, that, she has the like kangaroo originals spray gel crunchy <laughs> curl. Her hair is always so oh wet. It's like wet tight Girl, curls. get a hot comb and some mm. VO5 and call it a day. A Japanese, uh... <laughs> a keratin you... treatment. <laughs> <laughs> get to diva sean and get some diva curl and or just, a, or just a midtown blowout you know <laughs> yeah go to a dry, a dry bar, bar treat yeah. yourself which remind me we should watch uh, shark tank oh my god yes oh yeah so i want to watch shark tank with you i want to go to dallas barbecue i want to go to scars pizza mm-hmm. um maybe go to cold some creamery wait most importantly have you spotted ella hoffman already oh my god well, I think we saw her on the subway yesterday. <laughs> oh, I actually saw her post uh, a picture from Paris yesterday. So I think she's in Paris Ugh. with the Secret Service. Mess. Uh, must be nice. Oh, I said uh, I said Hoffman. It's M. Hoff. Sorry. <laughs> I can't even get my references right. Sorry. Speaking of tight curls. <laughs> Speaking of bookish marms. Yeah. Um, Are you going to PS1 later? Yeah, I'm going to go to... F- PS1 with a friend of the pod, Brian Droitscher. No idea. Um, I need to get a COVID test, though, to go to the Eagle because <laughs> I'm not fully vaxxed. Mm-hmm. God. Um, 
Oh, I guess the Nikki Nikki de Saint Fal show oh, okay. is cool. going on there. And Greg Borderwitz. Is he still alive? Am I confusing him with somebody else? Mm, no idea. What else do I want to do? Oh, we're going to have lunch with David Fearman, friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. Get the tea. Te- temporary third mic. Get the tea and mm-hmm. the gossip. Um, I really want to go to the beach this week. I'll take you to the pool. We'll start with the pool. Yes. Um, I am looking for a New York boyfriend. I have a lot to offer in exchange. Submit your requests now. Exactly. You can come stay with me in Berlin anytime you want and rural Poland. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Pshamek is a globe trotter, homeowner. Um, uh, doesn't get better than that. A savvy Polak. I got into America, even though there's a travel ban, mm-hmm. <laughs> and had a lot of <laughs> uh, boss level Karen drama at the Mexico City airport, being denied boarding, and almost a second time. There's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Um. Because I miss my Gooberstein. Yeah, it's been a long time. A year and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're just going to go with the flow this week. Yeah. Summertime in New York City. I just got some annoying art pickups oh, and God. other other yeah, miscellaneous going on this week. But uh, we'll have a good time. Yeah, we'll have a good time. And if anyone wants to take me for ice cream to big gay ice cream... <laughs> Or a compost cookie at Milk Bar. Hit mm. me up. Is that compost you said? Compost cookie, yeah. Is that made out of compost? Why is it <laughs> no, called No, it just has like a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, Or crack pie, which is no longer called crack pie because oh it's not PC. Much like the master bedroom <laughs> on Million Dollar Listing, which is now called... Primary bedroom. Primary bedroom. Yeah. A recent COVID era development. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, if you want to hang out with us, please don't. And you're not psycho. (laughs) Um, This was not an invitation to the people we don't want to hang out with, so consider yourself unaddressed. Yeah, if if we're friends, hit us up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Well, um, I guess uh, see you next week or sometime earlier if we have something important enough to share with you. Yeah. See you. Cheers. Yes, I see all of you in the screens. <laughs>